welcome to another episode of the For God's Love podcast. Today we'll be continuing with the story of Jesus. We are trying to trace the accounts of his life that are found in the Gospels. The book of Mark, book of Matthew, Luke, John, all these are different accounts of some parts of the life of Christ. So today in particular we'll be focusing at an instance where Jesus healed a paralytic or that is a person that is paralyzed. This story is found in all three synoptic gospels the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, and the book of Luke. These three books are known as Synoptic Gospels. Of focus, I'll be, I'll just be using the book of Mark, because this flows from the previous episode that was also centered on the book of Mark. But, I encourage you to take a peep at the other books as well. Look at the book of Matthew, and you can also look at the book of Luke. I'll be reading from Mark chapter 2. And we'll be reading from verse 1. To 13, which is where we have this account of the healing of a paralytic. Um, I'll start reading verse 1. When he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men. Now, being unable to get to him, that is to Jesus, because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? 
which is easier to say to the paralytic, the sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out in the sight of everyone, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. And he went out again by the seashore, and all the people were coming to him, and he was teaching them. There's one point I would like to make from the story that we have just read, and it's this, that Jesus is able and willing to forgive our sins. He also knows that we need forgiveness for our sins. We'll break that statement in a couple of pieces. First of all, Jesus has the ability to forgive our sins because Jesus is God. This is not a new thing that I am presenting. It is well supported by scripture. For example, in the book of John, which we have read as our introduction to this gospel accounts of Jesus, we learn that, according to verse 1 of John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. Later on, in the same chapter, in verse 14, John writes that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul presents that the Word was God, and then proceeds to tell us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. John introduces Jesus as two things. First, the Word, and secondly, God. Not in any particular order, but he is making the point that Jesus is the Word and that Jesus is God. Now, it's not John 
only who makes this point that Jesus is God. Paul makes the same point in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16. Listen to what Paul writes. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now the first bit causes quite a stir among different people. Some people read and understand that because Paul says that Jesus is firstborn over all creation, and he was born of something fast. But Paul is not so much addressing that Jesus was born first above everything. He is merely focusing on the preeminence of Jesus. If you look at the context of that verse, Paul then proceeds to tell us the preeminence of Jesus and what that looks like. It looks like this. By him, not some things, but all things were created. Everything in the entire cosmos was created by Jesus. Paul then proceeds to tell us that Jesus is before all things. Again, focusing on his preeminence. So Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God, he is able to forgive sins. Because as the scribes rightly pointed out, who can forgive sins? But God himself. Their whole Jewish economy was built on this. Sacrifices were to be offered to no one else other than God. He, that is God, instituted the whole economy of sacrifices as being a means of getting atonement with God. Now the sacrifices in themselves were an act of faith pointing towards Jesus who would be the sacrifice of sacrifices. So very clearly, only God can forgive sins and they had that right. But when they asked the question, they did not believe that the Son of Man was God. In fact, part of why Jesus died 
was because he claimed to be equal with God. But I'm here to tell you this today, that Jesus is God. Let's look at another reason why Jesus has the ability to forgive sins. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And that authority gives him the right to forgive sins. In other words, he has the power to forgive sins. Now, are there places in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, that show that Jesus had the authority and in particular the authority from God the Father to forgive sins. Now we've covered this in a previous episode where we talked about the case for Christ. And in that episode, we studied John chapter 5. And here, Jesus is accused of disregarding the Sabbath. And in fact, he gets into this conversation and he says, he does what the Father does because he is the Son of God. And the Pharisees did not like that because According to them and the way Jesus presented it, Jesus was making the point that he is like God. This was a charge of blasphemy. One would accuse him of blasphemy. But Jesus gives various testimonies that he really is the Son of God, the Son of Man. That he does have authority. In fact, he says in John chapter 5, verse 27, this is regarding Jesus and the Father. And listen to what Jesus says And he that is the Father has given him, that is the Son of Man, or Jesus, authority to judge. Because he is the son of man. This is him saying this. Jesus is saying, look, I have the authority. Because the father gave it to me. Now, he lists a couple of testimonies. And here are some testimonies that showed that Jesus had the authority. And that he was the son of man. And that he was the son of God. And that God himself was with him. When he was saying, son, your sins are forgiven. When he was healing people on the Sabbath. And saying, I do what my father does. Listen to some of the testimonies. John the Baptist testified that Jesus was the son of man. Jesus' own miracles testified that he was the son of man. 
scriptures themselves showed that Jesus was fulfilling Old Testament prophecies, some which were out of his control, like being born in Bethlehem, right? All those prophecies were fulfilled to the T in Jesus Christ. And of course, God's own proclamation at Jesus' baptism, when heaven was opened up and a voice was heard saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So it is very evident that Jesus has authority from these various testimonies. And the combination of Jesus' authority and him being God give him the ability to forgive sins. Now, I want to make this point as well, that even though Jesus is able to forgive our sins, he is also willing to forgive our sins. Willingness, out of his wanting, his desire, in his heart, he wants to forgive our sins. Are there evidences that Jesus is willing to forgive our sins? Yeah. Come on. Jesus died so we could have forgiveness for our sins. John 3.16 clearly states this. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus died so we could have an avenue to be granted forgiveness for our sins. Jesus did not merely love us, but out of that love acted out in such a manifestation of unbounded love that he would leave heaven and come down to earth not clothed in royalty and glory and glimmer and shining like God whatever image we have of God, he came down in our flesh. And then he lived a perfect life, ended up on a cross, and did not whinge, even once. A man that loves you does not just wish you well when you are hungry. But that man does everything in his power to make sure you have something to eat. Love is not just words. Yes, it may include sweet words, tender words, words from the heart. But unless 
they are accompanied by a manifestation through our works and our deeds. Deeds of kindness, deeds of patience and gentleness. And there is no love there. Anyone can say anything. But when the rubber meets the road, true love is driven by pure actions. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 also speaks to Jesus' death. And Paul writes this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Notice, he demonstrates. He doesn't just say, I love you, but he demonstrates it. A demonstration is like a practical in a science lab. This is what God did. He demonstrated his own love for us in this. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, here's the kicker. We think that Christ died for us when we were righteous. And somehow we had built up about 20% righteousness and then you know, all of a sudden Jesus then decided, I think that's, that's sort of good. Might step in now and do the 80. No. We are told that when we were still 0% righteous, Christ died for us. He did not wait for us to compensate him with anything. But he came down and died for people, as John writes, that did not know him. So do you think Jesus is willing to forgive our sins? To reading those two verses and understanding the whole scope of the New Testament and the Old Testament, you get the picture that God and Jesus and undoubtedly the Holy Spirit these are not tyrants. These are beings that love us. They have demonstrated it. And they continue to demonstrate it. And look, Jesus wants to dispel our uncertainties regarding his ability to forgive sins. Jesus knows that it's hard for you to accept that you feel guilty. You feel you know, like rubbish. He knows that you feel like that. I don't know what Jesus says. Come unto me, all you who labor and are weary, and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly at heart. 
Out on the surface, gentle and lowly is not something that Jesus does uh, on the part-time or he does to certain people. At his core, that is who he is. So maybe you're doubting. Is Jesus really going to forgive my sins? Why would he? I'm not the best guy or the best girl around here. Yeah, there's better people he would rather focus on. But do you know what Jesus says? I did not come for those who are well, but for those that are sick. Jesus is in the business of helping sinners. Guilt, ridden sinners. That's what he does full time. No sleeping, no resting. He prays for you. He hopes the best. He presents opportunities. That's what he does. Jesus wants to dispel our uncertainties regarding his ability to forgive sins. In fact, he wants to dispel all uncertainties regarding him and his heart towards us. If you look at the Pharisees, we may be critical of them, but they had a fair question. Why does this man speak this way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now Jesus realized in his spirit that they were contemplating such thoughts. Jesus then performs the miracle not just so that the paralytic can walk but so that everyone there can understand that he has the power to forgive sins. We read the gospel stories and we think miracles like this were commonplace or pretty rare. And Jesus was doing miracles left, right and center. Quick succession. Some days he was just busy healing people. So they knew that this was not just some miracle worker that does uh, one here and maybe does two the next week. No, he was doing miracles day in and day out. In fact, John says Jesus did so much that if we were to put in books what he did, then the whole planet could not contain the number of good works that he did. You can't. We can't imagine because we're reading this in hindsight. But you can clearly see that the people that were listening were all amazed and glorified God and said, We have never seen anything like this. So here's my challenge to you. 
Why don't you come to Jesus? Come to him as you are. Ask him questions. Challenge him. Jesus will give you a smack on the wrist and tell you, don't ask me any question. Jesus wants to engage you. He understands your challenges even in accepting him. But you come to him. And you know what? Let him do the rest. Because he can do the rest. And yes, everything that you were thinking about. And he wants to. Thank you. And may you all be blessed.